Hello and welcome into the Mountaineer Sports Insider. I'm Tanner Laird alongside Luke Blaine. After an eventful week of basketball on the hardwood uh, for the West Virginia squads. And uh, we've got a pretty big day coming up tomorrow here, Saturday at the Coliseum. I've got a doubleheader, 12-hour double shift is what it seems like to me. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what kind of boat you're in looking at that kind of schedule for uh, tomorrow, Luke. I'll, I'll be right there with you. Yeah. I'll be yeah, uh, working hard or hardly working, probably oh, yeah. uh, working hard, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, I'm doing the play-by-play for the women's game, and then I guess I get to kind of relax during the men's game Yeah, uh, as I sit there and take notes and just really, well, besides Tuesday, right, or we can go back, was that Wednesday, excuse me, Yeah, the TCU win, that one was uh, far more enjoyable than what had happened earlier uh, oh, yeah. since we've come back from, you know, the winter break session i mean definitely their staple win of the season so far yeah i think so yeah um for the men you know beating tcu at home and, and not just playing, but, i mean tcu didn't lead in that game i don't think uh Maybe in like in like in like the first minute right. they were up okay. four so, two yeah right yeah. so i mean it was it was utter domination up by as many as almost 17 or 19 at times and then all the way back down to two and then you end up winning by nine like it was a really really solid day at the office uh and that comes after the coaching change we were just talking about yeah uh for this team yeah i'm really interested to see how demar johnson affects this basketball team um he's obviously a guy that huggins has a lot of praise for he talked about his just resilience throughout his career i mean he he was in a car crash that fractured vertebrae in his neck and then still came back to play in the nba which is just impressive in itself played 16 total years professional basketball so i'm really excited to see what this guy has to bring to the table yeah, fifth pick in the draft, and you know, sixth uh, or sorry, six. Yeah, okay, sorry. six. That's that's on me. No, it's um, good. Sometimes hard to understand what Hugs says. <laughs> you know, uh, and so well, Huggins said fifth. Did he say fifth? Yeah, okay, he said, so he, I was right. Yeah, based, what yeah, based okay. off of what Huggins okay. said. Okay. But, all right, so then, okay, I do listen. I do pay. Yeah. I was like, I swear Bob said fifth. Yeah. Um, because uh, I'm not the biggest NBA guy. But, you know, a- after that win, he was talking just glowingly about him when he was asked about him. He was yeah. like, you know, these guys can look up to a professional on the staff now. He said uh, they were doing stretchers or something, and he knocked down eight or nine shots in a row from deep. And yeah. everybody was just like, whoa. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I think that could be a really big motivator for this team to be like, that's who I want to be, right? And yeah. So, uh, it starts with that win there on Wednesday, uh, and now you've got a chance to really climb back into something if you can string it together a few wins here, right? Mm-hmm. They've got three or four at home. They're at home tomorrow uh, for the Texas game. And, I mean, I don't know how, how winnable that is. The FPI has it kind of similar to what we saw on Wednesday, right? Like, it is the Big 12, so really it's like the NFL any given Sunday, right? It's yeah. just what's going to happen. You never know, right? Uh, I, I mean, I think that if you tell me before the game on Wednesday, Luke, that uh, Trey Mitchell's going to foul out with over seven minutes left in the game, I would have said, oh, there's no chance that the West Virginia Mountaineers won that game. Well, the bigs in general were in crazy foul trouble. Right. I mean. Uh, Wagi had four. Jimmy Bell, I think, finished with three. Yeah. But there was a point in time where 
all three of them had three, and then Mitchell. Mitchell, I'm pretty sure that tech, tech. Yeah, that technical foul that got him thrown out was like right after his fourth. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, and I mean that was that was sad to see, especially because you know there was a lot of contact down below, and he wanted fouls, and yeah, you know. Well, but and then tomorrow he takes on his former team too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. So, I mean, you talk about physicality against TCU tomorrow. It's going to be more. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Jimmy Bell does, though. Yeah, I, I, I am too. He, After the way he carried himself on Wednesday. Yeah, and I mean, like. On Wednesday, to come in and put up a double-double after the performance against, uh, who did they put? It was Oklahoma, mm-hmm. right? The last yeah. game. Because he, I don't think he, I'm going to verify this real quick. I don't think he scored against Oklahoma. No, that Oklahoma game was a really interesting game, and it it was still another winnable game, right? And yeah. so that's what you look at, right? Okay, this team started conference play 0-4. They didn't get to 0-5. They're 1-4 now. They play uh, Texas at home tomorrow. They're going to – Huggins expects them to win that game, right? Get back to 2-4. Mm-hmm. and four. They go on the road to play Texas Tech, who's the other worst team by record right now in conference play. Who Who's the worst team in this league? Very, very tough to tell, I still think. Yeah. Um, and then they come home for the SEC Big 12 Challenge after the fish fry a week from today. Yeah. And they play Auburn in a noon game here, which is 11 a.m. for Auburn, which is, you know, all these other factors into it. I think it'll be a very... Uh, emphatic crowd, right? The next two games at home are both sellouts for this team, right? It's not like the state's given up on them yet, although I didn't think the crowd was very impressive on Wednesday. But after getting that win, you've got to think more people are going to show up. Yeah, but I mean, that crowd was still sold out before the game. For the TCU game. Before the TCU game, yeah, it was, it was the, the crowd. The crowd for the Texas game was sold out oh, before no, yeah, the yeah, TCU yeah. game. Right. So I think that really shows. I mean, I think Mountaineer Nation is going to come out in full oh, force. Well, with the doubleheader too, it's going to be a yeah. really odd day because I think everybody's going to have to leave and then come back in if you're going to be there for the men's game following the women's. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I think that you know you have a ranked opponent in the Coliseum on a Wednesday night. For it to only fetch, you know, I think maybe 80% of that place was filled up, it looked like. Now, maybe they sold all the allotment of tickets, but that yeah. didn't mean people showed up. Uh, I was a little disappointed in that. Um, obviously, the students are there in full force, and you can oh, imagine yeah. they will be there tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Force, for sure. I do want to say that uh, I was wrong. Jimmy Bell had six points in the Oklahoma game. wanted to correct that real quick. Okay. Uh, but it was just like a, a game where down low it didn't seem like much was happening for West right. Virginia. Be, because the bigs for Oklahoma, you know, Tanner Groves, he hit those back-to-back threes at the one point in the game, and you were like, oh, my goodness, what is happening? Right? Yeah. He, he hadn't made a three all year, then goes back-to-back right there. Huggins calls a timeout. I mean, he, he didn't have the biggest lineup in the game uh, mm-hmm. for most of it because I think it benefited West Virginia. But that's a game, again, you make your free throws, you don't lose. Yeah. Right? And, and so that had been the, the problem with this team. In conference play, was not only the free throws, you know, some of the fouls they were doing late in the game and that sort of thing. So it seems they adjusted. Hopefully Wednesday wasn't just a, you know, shot in the dark or, you know, bolt of lightning caught in a jar or whatever you want to call it, Luke, mm-hmm. where that's going to be the only night they look like that because they did look better in a lot of areas. There's still a lot of things that they could clean up. But if they play like that night in and night out and are able to go and make those free throws, I think that it's going to they're going to be a tough out, right? Jamie Dixon said this is the toughest team they've played all year, and he didn't even consider it a basketball game, right? Yeah. Because it was so <laughs> physical. So if they can find more of that, that's going to really help them, I think. Yeah, it's really exciting. 
shooting. I think that I think the one thing WVU does need to improve on those their three point shooting. Um, I mean, TCU did not have a good night in that aspect, but it's not every night in the Big Twelve that you're going to play against a team who goes two for eight on the night, and that's what happened with TCU. They were only two for eight, and so they they kind of got to find ways to respond to that and make threes of their own and get more consistent in that aspect. But I mean, they're playing close games and. You know, I do think free throws, I agree with you, free throws are going to be the difference maker in a lot of those. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, you're right, two for eight's not what you usually see. You think a week prior when Kansas was here, it was seven to seven to start the game from outside. Oh, yeah. And you, you, you had been leading that game, and then Kansas finally gets a shot from outside. They knock it down, and then they go six straight more on six straight more possessions, and you're like, oh, my goodness, they're down 12. How did that just happen? They were just up 12. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you, you, you make a really good point point there um and, and that's a really good transition too into the this women's squad yeah right? they, they've got a good one tomorrow against texas tech at home i think it's a winnable game um for them it looked to me on wednesday you know we're sitting there at the coliseum you saw me checking the score oh time. yeah i thought they had it locked up and then we go down to the press conference and uh i checked the score at the end of the press conference and i go how, how did they lose and how did they lose by this many, right? They, they yeah. I think they wind up losing by 12 to Kansas after they had, you know, a 12 or 15 point lead at one point in the game. Mm-hmm. They give up, I think it was 67 in the second half. I know it was 34 in the fourth quarter and 23 in the third. And it, what is that, Beth? Is that 57? Sorry, I might not be able to do math. 34 and 23 is 57. Yes. Yeah, I can't do math. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't taken a math class in two years. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with <laughs> we, you. We had to think about that one. Yeah, so 57, though, in the second half is unacceptable. That's what they've held defense, or that's what they've played defensively for entire games for most of this season. They've held opponents under that number. Yeah. And to give up that in one half of basketball in a game where you led uh, by quite a big margin at one point is a really bad beat. But, you know, I think it starts with your two best scorers. And uh, J.J. Quinterly was 3 of 16, and Maddie Smith was 2 of 9. Yeah. So if you're going to have nights like that, that's what's going to happen to this team. And you can only play really solid defense for so long while not scoring at the other end before it starts to turn around on you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Not that it's what you want to happen, but I think every once in a while you need to get punched in the mouth like that as a team. You know, I think every once in a while you need a reality check and... You know, I think it's just because we're all too familiar with it with the basketball team <laughs> from years past. Yeah. But the women's team, you know, they're on the come up, and I still have a whole lot of faith in Plitza White and this squad. But, you know, you're going to have nights like that, and that's just a part of growing as a team. And I that it hasn't shaken my faith in the team at no, all. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. This is a 12 and five team. They're going to play a 15 and four Texas Tech uh, tomorrow at home at the Coliseum. They were on a three game win streak, right? They yeah. they beat Kansas State and then they blow out TCU at home. I did that yeah. game, and they were like terrific, right? Yeah, and then. I didn't think they were going to beat Baylor on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They beat number 18 Baylor at home by nine, right? So you're on a three-game win streak. You're going into this game in Lawrence, Kansas. And, yeah, they lose it by almost or yeah, by almost 20. They lose by 19. Again, I can't do math whatsoever. Um, and that's just 
I mean, you could say it's a bad beat, but it's also just a disgusting result. I think you can say yeah. both of those things at the same time simultaneously. I haven't done all my prep for tomorrow, but I think it definitely starts with that scoring of your two best players when you yeah. look at it. I mean, uh, you know, Blackston was 6 of 10. She had 13, which is good out of her, obviously. But again, Maddie Smith had 6, and JJ had 12, and most of those uh, came... Well, she was three of fifteen or three of sixteen. So that I mean, that that's a that's an unacceptable number. She had one yeah. three too. So, uh, you know that that that's a couple shots at the foul line that she adds, but. That efficiency is more the problem. You know, 12 from JJ, okay, you're going to take that if you can get it. Usually she can give you a little bit more. But 3 of 16 from her is not going to be good enough. When you also have Jayla Hemingway at 4 of 12, Maddie of 2 of 11, off the bench Savannah Samuel 1 of 3, Danny Nichols 1 of 5, Bates doesn't put up a shot, although she only plays one minute. Usually she gets a little bit more than that. So mm-hmm. the starters were also in for most of the game, and that that's a big problem, right? This is a team who's really been able to rely on their depth a lot uh, this year, and and they weren't able to in that game, and you know that's why it gets that ugly. Yeah, and I mean, like, we... we, Me especially, I've had high praise for Maddie Smith and JJ Quinterly. I think Maddie is, honestly, the beating heart of this team. I think she's, like, their motor. She keeps them going, but that carries a lot of responsibility. Um, And whenever you have a bad night, it's kind of you know, it's going to put the team at risk whenever you're in that position. I mean, you know, Danny Nichols coming off the bench, she's talented, but, you know, she hasn't come into that role where she's, you know. Well, yeah, they they, they, they haven't had to rely on her as, as a primary right. scorer, right? And so they, they shouldn't have to. And, and now at, at times it would be great for that to be able to happen, right? But you also can't expect it all the time, but yeah. you also can't expect your starters to be out there uh, for. Let me let me tell you these numbers again, okay? I just had, all right. So Kylie played thirty five minutes. Kaya played thirty five minutes. JJ mm-hmm. played thirty three. Maddie only played twenty nine. Jayla Hemingway played thirty. You get twenty from Danny Nichols. And those are the only players. Tavi Diggs got four minutes. Okay, so I already mentioned Sarah. She was only in for a minute. Uh, Danny had 19. Savannah had 14. Tavi had four. So your starters basically played the entire game, right? And uh, they were left out there basically the entire game. So, you know, you can only play defense for so long and that sort of thing before it it gets out of hand. Uh, And that's exactly what happened in Lawrence. We'll see what it looks like tomorrow. Tomorrow I would expect it to go better. just because you're back at home, it's a really going to be a really cool and fun day at the Coliseum too, uh, where you have the doubleheader. The women are going to kick it off at one o'clock or tip it off, I should say, and mm-hmm. then the men play at six. I think that's a quick turnaround. Yeah, it really is. Like especially if this woman, I mean, because you think you open the gates an hour and a half before, so that would be four thirty. Yeah, which means you get all of the people out of the Coliseum by. Four mm-hmm. at a one tip. You got about forty-five minutes in between that timeline. Yeah, that's real quick math. Obviously, we've shown we can't do that. Uh, <laughs> but but one more thought too. Okay, seventeen, seventeen, thirty-four. Right, they were thirty-four, nineteen at half, and lose this game, seventy-seven, fifty-eight. <sighs> it's just, and you know what? Sometimes a team just catches fire, right? And they they can't miss. Yeah. So that 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 could be part of it too. Um, but. Yeah, up that much at half. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, that's that's just a tough break. So, uh, you know, Brian McQuellen, he's one of the basketball analysts at, at U92, always says, you learn more from losses than wins anyway. So that that is definitely a learning experience right there, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, I think that this is something that Huggins brought up in one of his press conferences, and I think it's very true. It is hard to have that consistency now in the age of the transfer portal. And, you know, these girls, most of them have never played together. You know? Uh, well, maybe more no, no, you're ma- right. Maybe more so on the men's side than the well, women's. No, I, I think that it's true on the women's side too, right? You, you think about the players they bring back from last year that play solid minutes. It's Savannah yeah. Samuel, it's Jayla Hemingway, it's Maddie Smith, it's J.J. Quinterly. Yeah. Four out of your eight most played minutes players quick off the top of my head right there i mean so half yeah. your lineup is coming in out of the portal that, that that's not a facade that's a truth yeah so it's hard when you haven't had those players around for a while to really build these systems and to really change the way you play i guess right and you know a new you, 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 that fold too Luke. yeah yeah and you got to find the you got to find your players strengths and you got to play to them immediately you know and you just have to really put things together quickly and i mean it's not that that's a unique problem to west virginia every team's going through it but right. you know i think that's just another aspect to where i think that's why we see some inconsistency across the board with a lot of these teams yeah, I, I think you're right. And then the fact that you do add another coach into the fold as well, a new coach, I should say, with a new coaching staff, mm-hmm. and you're trying to build a culture at the same time, and you're trying to win these games, and you're trying to do all these things. Now, when you look at their schedule and the, what they've accomplished so far this year, I don't see any reason why this team can't be a tournament team. No, absolutely. Uh, that, that game against Georgia in December is a huge win. I've harped on it a little bit on some of the other things I've done here at United 2. But, I mean, it's the truth. You, you hold Georgia 12 points in the second half and under 50, I think, is what it ended up being. And that's a quad one win at the West Palm Beach Invitational there on, I think it was December 21st or something like that. You know, those wins in, in December and in November against Power 5 non-conference opponents are huge when you're looking at an overall resume of a squad, right? And... What they've done in conference play already, too, right? Three conference wins, that's a big deal, and they can add another one tomorrow at the Coliseum. So we'll see what they can do. That's a a huge, huge deal. You are listening to the Mountaineer uh, Sports Insider uh, with – Tanner and Luke from U92 in the Daily Athenaeum. Uh, and we just want to let you guys know that we will be recording these and posting these every Friday. So you can find them on whatever podcast platform you use. But they'll be out every Friday is the plan uh, moving forward. And the Mountaineer Sports Insider uh, newsletter is also available. You can subscribe through the Daily Athenaeum's website. Uh, just subscribe to the DA newsletter and you will get the Mountaineer Sports Insider as well, which comes out every Monday uh, with the you know events of the week and that sort of thing as well. Some articles written by Luke and the sports staff over at the DA. It also has the U92 uh, radio 
schedule, I guess you could say, of what events are on air that you can find on U92TheMoose.com. So subscribe to the DA newsletter to get the Mountaineer Sports Insider newsletter. Check out the DA every day for your daily news as far as that's concerned. And uh, join U92 on Sports Night 6 to 10 on Wednesdays. Luke, we're having one next week. You get to talk about Todd Downing. I know it's not been, <laughs> it, it, it's been hard to wait this long. Oh, man. Uh, I'm very excited to get back on Wednesday. You know, I did a sports night uh, last week with U92. Uh, first week we're back from break. Had two whole signups plus uh, one other one, I guess. So three in total in theory. I required one guy to be there who was an Ohio State guy. I had to, you know, talk to him about the failures of Ohio State football. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it we, with no men's basketball game next Wednesday, it should be a full night on Sports Night on U92, uh, and it'll be really fun. So uh, that is also going to be put into podcast form. You can find that on all your podcast platforms. Just search U92 The Moose. You'll be able to find the Mountaineer Sports Insider there. You'll be able to find the sports page as well as Sports Night there. Uh, and you can also access that through U92TheMoose.com. Subscribe to the Daily Athenaeum, uh, daily new, or weekly newsletter, I should say, to get the Mountaineer Insider newsletter and all of those fun things follow everybody on social it's all the same names basically uh throughout right luke yep i think so (laughs) we've got a fun day tomorrow we're going to start getting prepped for a 12-hour day at the west virginia coliseum as the west virginia women take on texas tech at one o'clock find that on u92themoose.com you can listen live to myself and brian mcquellen on that one and then the west virginia men take on texas with tip-off slated to be at six o'clock I don't think it will tip at 6, Luke. <laughs> but no. thanks for joining us and listening in today. We'll be back next week with more right here on the Mountaineer Sports Insider.